Ladies and gentlemen, the Royal Grumble podcast regretfully informs you that the regular host of the show, Graham, is currently suspended for the podcast for one week due to violating the liking slash disliking the wrong wrestler policy everyone in this show must agree to before recording. This is a retroactive ban as he violated this policy on the 7th of June 2011 when he posted on Facebook, I was off to bed, but Zack Ryder on Raw, guess I have to stay up. He then went on to say, also, I can't believe I've become one of these people who hate seeing John Cena, but damn it, it's all too much now. I've gone to bed before his match. When we reached out to him for comment, Graham declined to comment. He'll be back in the hostage chair next week. Please enjoy the show. Fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. You have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Royal Grumble. I'm your host, Daryl, and sitting across from me is Dan. Say hello, Dan. Hello. You all right? Yeah, I'm not bad. Yeah, so not a third person in room today, is there? No, but... Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he so, knows what he's done. Yeah, so because he broke the rules, we're having, <laughs> we're having an embargo today on that rule, and we could talk about wrestlers that we um, quite like that we're not meant to talk about. So, okay. I mean, don't say Chris Benoit. Don't say Jimmy Snooker. No, um, but we've already, we've already had a Jimmy Snooker conversation today, <laughs> and a little bit of a Benoit one. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think we're fine yeah. on that. So, um, um, do you want to talk about that Scottish wrestler you like? <laughs> no. <laughs> which which the one uh, that took his PC to PC World to get fixed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that. Let's leave that. Because <laughs> beast, <laughs> absolute beast. Um, yeah, so so um, we quick, just a quick one. We're not doing an opening contest this week. Yeah. We're just uh, go, so go on. Let's let's talk about a wrestling we're not allowed to talk about. I've been trying to think of like guilty pleasure. Like I've wrestlers. got one. Go on, Mick Foley. Yeah, I guess he's one. Like yeah, because now he's a twat. Yeah, he used to be all right though. I guess my like my big ones would have been from last year would have been Decay and Abyss. Yeah, I really enjoyed that through the last oh, year. Oh yeah, but you got to talk about them on the air quite a lot. We yeah. did we did shows based on the Hardy thing. Yeah, and but every Decay time in it. every time I mentioned them, you both told me I wasn't allowed to like Decay because of this. No, you can't. No, I, no, he said a bit. I said Crazy Steve. Yeah, his, his name is Crazy Steve. Yeah, but yeah, um, I guess they're my nearest thing to a guilty pleasure that I can think of. Yeah, because, like Abyss is all right. St- even though the Joseph Park thing, I've never been huge on. It's no, good. Seem to he's do a bit more entertaining than Joseph Park, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, I, I miss old school abyss sometimes. Oh yeah, back from like 2005 days. Yeah, you know, like Barbara match with Sabu on TNA pay per view and shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, last rights match. <laughs> yeah, what about when you won that belt in England? How did that happen? I'm setting you up here. Uh, oh yeah. So back so, in one uh, PW. I don't know your money. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, that that was fucking yeah. bad. Yeah. When um, he first ever one PW champion. I think he was, yeah. Yeah, I think you don't even remember that. He no. was, he, he was. I know for a fact he was for several years. Fucking <laughs> no clue. Uh, I had a thing last. Someone posted a video of something from the second to last one PW show, and there was a guy in the ring who I had no absolute no recollection of. Uh, I, I had to ask on the thread, just like, who the fuck is that guy? I have no memory of him. I've obviously worked with the guy, and I think I even filmed promos with him. <laughs> like thinking back now, but I'm like at the time, I'm like. Who's the guy doing the Joker impression? Turns out his name was Crimson. Oh yeah, that was the Crimson guy. He got, he got really pissed off with TNA when they brought yeah. in <laughs> Amazing Red's brother and called him Crimson. 
Um, and he got really annoyed about it, didn't he? Yeah, his closing line on promos was crimson, like the mask. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember much about him, but he would team to be Rhino, and I like Rhino. Rhino's a good dude. Yeah? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, um, I had a really awkward interaction with Rhino once. So I went up to the merch table um, to get his autograph, and um, he said, oh, what's your name? So I said, my name's Daryl. And he went, I had a friend called Daryl at school. And he just <laughs> looked at me. And I was like, right, I don't know what I'm meant to do here. From everything I can gather, he does have a weird sense of humour. So that was probably him just amusing himself. Yeah. I, I sat and watched one of the Champions League finals in a bar with him, SJK and Keith Meyer and Roughneck. Just, just for <laughs> audience purposes, yeah. SJK is Corey Graves. Yeah, it was after one of the 1PW shows. We were in a hotel bar and there was a group of Scottish girls getting very angry about the fact that I was making fun of Man United being battered by Barcelona. <laughs> Can you also edit in like clanging noises for all the names you just dropped there, like Keith Myatt? Oh, I know. Yeah, Keith Myatt is, is the man. He's a 25 year Matt veteran. Yeah. I also think you like Dolph Ziggler. I've gone off him a bit recently. Okay. Yeah. So I'm quite surprised he went one but of the names you wanted to bring up as somebody you enjoy. I, I feel like it peaked at su the Survivor Series match. Yeah. And then since then it has gone downhill, but then that might just be you two fucking hammering me about it <laughs> continuously. And it's just kind of got in my head that, yeah, he is shit. But yeah. Yeah, he is. But right. I, I kind of feel that way about most people on the WWE roster right now. I'm a bit but, of a downer. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Tekken 7's out. That's yeah. like wrestling, isn't it? See, I'm not a big fan of beat-em-ups. No? No, because it's just like, you're either really good at it or you button mash. That's And I, I'm not I'm not very good at it and I don't like button mashing because I've got a repetitive strain injury. It's not very good for me. But uh, I'm intrigued by Tekken because, yeah. you know, it's Japanese shit. Bullet Club in it, isn't it? Yeah. And Okada. Has it? Bit, bit of chaos in sprinkled in there too. I didn't know it had Okada stuff you in got, it. You got the Rainmaker. Because um, I think he was the first one to do the crossover thing because they released a thing where it was Okada with King and it was King wearing all Okada's ring gear. And apparently there's a thing where if you unlock all of Okada's ring, all of Okada's stuff and put it on the character, they can do the Rainmaker. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then um, for the Bullet Club stuff, it was Kenny Omega first. And then as it goes on, eventually you're going to have like Marty Skrull stuff in the game. Yeah, you get Marty Skrull's mask. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Like, can you believe that? Like, when he was fucking Party Marty, do you think, well, it's all right, because in a few years' time, he's going to be the fucking spokesperson for Top Man, and he's going to have his mask <laughs> that he wears to the ring in a fucking Tekken game. That's mental, fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking happy for the dude, but yeah, that's amazing. Probably not going to buy it, though. No, nah, I'll, I'll wait till it's on Game Pass. Yeah, why not? Because it's all fucking beat em ups and Halo and shit, and that's why I've only, I, I didn't even bother with the free trial. Uh, NXT are in UK this week, this yes, month. It, I don't it, know. Is it just this week? This week just it? this week, yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're not going to shows. Uh, just want to no. say it were a nice gesture because they went to victims at Manchester attacks, didn't they? And yeah, they, they cancelled the Manchester Arena show, like we mentioned, I think, last week. And then, no, we didn't mention it. Oh, we didn't it, mention no. it. Uh, they cancelled the Manchester show and instead went and visited. Not only the hospitals, but I think Bobby Roode posted a video of him visiting someone's house too, okay. which is really cool. Um, there was a picture going around of Mark Andrews, Nikki Cross, and Bobby Roode presenting the brackets from Progress to Super Strong Style 16 to uh, someone who's actually been on the news quite a bit who's a Progress fan, because his daughter, he was, daughter was the eight-year-old who was caught up in it all, still in hospital now, and they're big wrestling fans, and that was a cool gesture as well, because it was signed by all the wrestlers and stuff involved in the weekend, and a lot of the fans too who know them. Yeah, so um, that's, that's all good. Yeah. Well, yeah. what they've done is all good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Great British Grumble. Da, 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 da. Great British Grumble. I think I'm better singer than Graham, to be honest. It, it, when Graham puts his effort in, he's fine, but he don't put effort in. No. <laughs> he, he, stopped, he stopped putting the effort in for us, lads. 
so I uh, deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Graham. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Put more effort in. <laughs> yeah, with your real life. <laughs> um, so you went on a little road trip with other friends, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I've, I've got other friends to deal with. Um, we went to Hope in Derby. It I mean, a, it was a road trip I for mean, three of us. If you, had, us. if you had real friends, they wouldn't have um, made you go to Hope, would they? <laughs> to be honest. It was a uh, half-half. There was some good stuff. Yeah. Um, from what I remember. So I'll, I'll go through what I can remember of the show right now because I can't find notes on the show for me. So it wasn't right memorable. There was memorable bits. Okay. So I'll, I'll talk about the good stuff first. Um, it was the first time Bong. I've ever seen... I'd, <laughs> Just get out of the way. First time I'd ever seen Kip Sabian. Right. I'd never seen any of his stuff before. Is he black? No. Oh. Uh, he's giving his, he's super bad. Right, okay. Super bad Kip Sabian. And it was him versus Katara Suzuki, who I was familiar with from Pro Wrestling Noah and a few other places. And they had a really, really great main event. And I I'm, I'm really like Kip Sabian. He's got a really great character and stuff. And Katara Suzuki is Katara Suzuki. He, he showed up. He, it was quite good to see him like put the effort in as well because you know he's nearly 40 and he don't have to put all the effort in. But he did. It was a really great main event. Um, it would have been better if the crowd were more into it, but I'll get into that in a second. Uh, Robbie X versus Ashley Dunn. It was the first time I'd seen Ashley Dunn. I know. He- Any relation to Pete Dunn? No. Damien so Dunn? many people we've fucking done his last name in the wrestling. So is he not another Dunn brother? No. Uh. But uh, they had a really great match too. Um, it was one of the times when I realised like how good Robbie is at the stuff you don't notice that much. Like what? In terms of like his positioning for moves and stuff for the other person, the- he makes... The way he positions himself and takes certain moves makes it look more devastating and makes his opponent look better. Okay. And it's that type of thing where when you've been wrestling kind of as long as he has, even though he's still really young because he started when he was like seven. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, and then the other match that was really good, well, uh, Jimmy Havoc had a hardcore match. I can't remember the guy's name who we had a hardcore match with, but he pasted the shit out of him. Also, yeah. there was a women's freeway. Uh, I can't remember the name of oh, one. Oh, I of the love girls. a women's freeway. <laughs> I can't remember the name of one of the girls. I'm afraid because uh, my memory is shit. Uh, there was Little Miss Roxy in the match, and there was Tony Storm, and that was really good. It was the other two girls kind of teaming up on Tony Storm, and then her making the comeback and getting the big win. Because Tony yeah. Storm's fucking brilliant. Um, the bad thing about the show, so not all like, so there was a comedy match before it featuring old favorite Roughneck. And it, it wasn't. Wait, so Roughneck was in a comedy match? Yeah. I mean, hater of fun Roughneck? Ag- against a guy who was like wearing a beer watch thing. Wait, did you wear your music that you made for him? Did he have it no, on? No, no, I used ACDC. Oh, you wasted your time then, didn't you? <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. He's not I, very grateful for that, is he? You spent I, your time and effort it, it fucking was... making that music. <laughs> roughneck, are you listening? He wants you to I use his not. music. He'll break your legs, Roughneck. He's <laughs> coming for you now. But yeah, it was Roughneck's last match in Hope and he just kind of took it easy and stuff, which fair enough. But um, what, Why is it his last match? Because uh, he's moving to the US. Oh, he's, is he? Is he going to NXT? No. Oh, no. He, he's going. He's got a partner over there. Um. So the bit I want to complain about with this show is there was a ring announcer, and at first I thought he were all right because he was a very like they had the ring mic like Mr. Kennedy's mic oh, yeah. coming down from the ceiling and stuff, and he was like a lot different from a usual ring announcer because he was very aggressive and stuff. But it kind of fit the over 18s rock club vibe they had. And he was there like, all right, you bunch of cunts, let's go. Like, get said cunt? Out. Yeah, yeah, you were calling people cunts and stuff. I mean, we've just said cunt three times in a row there. Aye. Danny, yeah. it's for you. <laughs> we keep losing this flow here. We need to keep it That's going. That's because I interrupt you. Yeah. Um, so this ring announcer. Did he first, really say cunt? Yeah, yeah. Like, not, I'm not doing a thing now where I say yeah. it a lot. I'm well, just it asking. No, it was an over-18 show. Yeah, but like... It's, 
There was a oh, there was a thing. The first match it was Chris Tyler versus someone called Visage, who does like a like almost like a Exactico gimmick, right? And exa- do you mean uh, do you mean it minces about a bit? Yeah, right. Visage was supposed to be the the heel, but everyone wanted to cheer him because he was really good at what he was doing. And Chris yeah. Tyler is he's good at what he does, but he's kind of bland compared to Visage. And he was like doing like the oh don't touch me type of thing, and it was like it feels weird that we're supposed to cheer the guy who's scared of the gay guy. <laughs> Depends how it's done though, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it, like, if, do you know like back in the day when Goldust were planting kisses on wrestlers? Yeah. I'm not an homophobe, a, l- a little bit. But it, um, it was the predator like, behaviour of it. Yeah, like if yeah. If, he's, if if someone's coming up to me just planting a kiss on me, hmm. which I don't want, then I will be a bit yeah. defensive. It was the predator so, behaviour that was the problem. So how, how was it portrayed? Because if, he, if it was just a case of I don't want to lock up with you because you're a bender, then that's that, homophobic. Was like, he was like, when they do like a lockup and then they do the go behind and they go, oh, wait, 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 not you behind me, like that type of thing. And it's yeah, a bit yeah, comedy yeah. campy for the right. match, but right. nothing like the match was good. It was fine, but I felt a bit weird about that. Um, so this, yeah, back to the ring announcer. So when they announced the raffle, cause every show has to have a raffle. Well, yeah. Um, he started talking to the crowd and someone heckled him and it got to the point where he was like trying to argue back with the guy and it, it got more people heckling him because he was being such a dick to this guy in the crowd. It was just like, the guy was being a bit of a dick, but then the ring announcer got involved in it, and rather than just trying to shut it down, carried on arguing with him. And eventually, he managed to kill the entire crowd before the main event, which is a great sign for a fucking ring announcer. I always remember the story Justin Roberts tells about, like, when he stuck, because he always elongated the John Cena name, whenever he do John Cena, like, he'd do it long. And eventually, it got to the point where uh, Vince just went, stop trying to get yourself over. And he just started going, John Cena. And I just figured, so, someone needs to Vince McMahon this fuck. <laughs> But yeah, otherwise, like, yeah, it was an all right show. It was fine. I don't know. Would you go again? It depends who they had on. I'm not, I'm not going to go out my way, I don't think. No? No. It's, it was a very hot venue, and yeah, it, it was all right, it. yeah. It, it was fine, yeah. It, it wasn't, like, the best experience I had, but it wasn't the worst. Yeah? yeah. Did, they, did they have any dodgy t-shirts outside for a tenner? Nah. Yeah, I'm not going. No. Um, in other British news, because Graves not here, we're going to talk about what culture, because that's always entertaining. Yay. So, um... What what cultures we've we spoke about them a bit in previous weeks because of the whole YouTuber and lack of money situation. Yeah. Uh, they ran a show called Fight Back, um, <laughs> which um, like was a sort of protest to yeah. YouTube to the mighty YouTubes of um, oh please give us some money and main dickhead did a speech. Like basically begging YouTube to monetize. Oh, wrestling's a family. Please give us money. Is this the one he did in the ring or the one he did afterwards? I saw it in the ring. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's two then. I just saw yeah, one in the ring. Yeah, because of what happened next. Oh, okay. Because yeah. so he's like, oh, oh, please give us some money. We're all a family, us wrestlers. We're wrestling. We're a family. We we, we don't promote hate speech. We, we promote love. I'm like, you're a cunt. The, the basis of his message is very good, though. The fact that pro wrestling has been caught up in this whole thing about hate speech when pro wrestling brings people together, which is the main thing he said, that's quite good. Like he, That's very true. Pro wrestling brings people together. It's not about dividing and making people hate other people. It's about bringing people together no matter what. Well, then YouTube t- took the show down and took away the live streaming rights. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just, yeah. just lol. Um, so he, I think, I don't know whether it was the just the standalone video of that or he posted another video afterwards. But 
in the you know how YouTube links certain videos together, so you'll be watching one thing like this morning I was watching Kenny Omega chatting about Buildermont for some reason. Okay. And on the next video it was Kenny Omega talks about Harley Race. Uh, for that one, it was a speech by uh, T- Tommy Robinson. <laughs> oh, yeah. That no, was no to the EDL yeah, leader. Yeah, a speech of his was coming up as the next thing to watch. Yeah. But uh, see, as kind of funny as it is, it's it's not as funny when you think about like the fact that this is a big source of income for a lot of guys. And after what happened with five-star wrestling being fucking cunts, we don't need another company falling, especially like what culture are a pretty big company. They're there's focus on them from around the world. We need them to oh, stay Oh, yeah, well, one strong. thing he did, he went, now. we always pay our wrestlers. So you fucking should, mate. So you should. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't... It's well, you've been, things. haven't you? So you, you yeah. feel a little bit no, like, oh... No, because like, I, I said at the time, I don't feel like their crowd and me are the same thing. Like, I feel like... I don't feel like I'm within that crowd. I feel like you've been a bit defensive for yeah. what culture, well, though. I'm being defensive on the side of the... It's a company who are paying people and paying them well to wrestle for them. And when they're having to cancel shows and stuff and they've had a big money stream taken away from them, I don't want them to become another one PW. I'd rather them... Be I don't know anybody. I'd rather them continue what they're doing. I, I, I recognise that most of what they do isn't for me. I'm going to one of their shows soon because it's a Japan show and I like my Japanese guys. But otherwise, their stuff isn't really for me. And that's fine, but it is for a lot of people. And for the guys who work for them, I want to see them do well. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So you just mentioned Japan. Obviously, no yeah. Japanese segment on this, but tell the listeners uh, what your last Japanese show was about. And uh, it was about the new, the best of Super Juniors final, where Kashida defeated Will Ospreay in the final, which was a really, really good match. And also, I talked about my best match of the tournament, my v, uh, my VIP of the tournament, my MVP of the tournament, MVP, yeah. MVP of the tournament. And I also did a preview of Dominion. It wasn't a complete preview because the full card wasn't announced yet, but the majority of stuff's there. Because Dominion is the, as this show will be released, Dominion will be streaming live on New Japan World. Okay, and so be a, a where show. where can listeners find that show on New Japan World? No, or, no or, or, the show you did on our feed and on our website. All right, cool. And are you doing a show for Dominion as well? Yes, it'll be up Sunday night. Cool. Um, so um, Attack, you you want to talk about Attack? Yeah. Wrestling. So Attack Wrestling is the one that's kind of got a lot of focus this weekend. Um. They did a show called Press Start, well, Press Start 5, and it was like Press 5, start, like, yeah. It was stylized like the band 5. Um, so the whole five idea... will make you get down now. <laughs> the whole idea of this show is Attack have a computer, which randomly generates Everybody get up, sing it. <laughs> <laughs> but the computer, which is a GameCube, was broken by the anti-fun police on their last show. The anti-fun police are a group who don't like fun, led by Damien Dunn and has Travis Banks and a few other people in it. So the computer was randomly generating matches, but getting the people in the matches wrong. So the opening match was CCK versus a team called Bolarama. However, the people in the teams had switched. So it was Bolarama dressed up as CCK, and then CCK as babyfaces dressed up as the Bolarama team. Okay. And this went on throughout the show where you got loads of people switching around and some people being completely different people. Uh, you got the team of Eddie Dennis and Nixon Yule, which was actually... Uh, Eddie Dennis was played by Ryan Smile, and Nixon Ewell was played by Kyle Fletcher, who is a trainee at Fight Club Pro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which was pretty good. And then uh, the big one that a lot of people might have seen is they did Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne, except Tyler Bate was Pete Dunne and Pete Dunne was Tyler Bate, and they redid their NXT match, but in reverse, like the, with the roles switched. So Which, um, Tyler Bate was dressed up as Pete Dunne. Yes. And did all the Pete Dunne spots and moves yep. and vice versa. Yep. Cool. 
And then they also did, uh, they had the fun police, anti-fun police versus um, another team. I can't remember which one. But the anti-fun police had been replaced by Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster, and Eddie Dennis dressed in the uh, black shirt and trunks. Oh, yeah. Demanding no fun. But yeah, Attack's a, a very different company from a lot of the stuff in British wrestling. It's doing really well because it offers something completely different. And it's very fun and you should go check them out on Vimeo. Uh, we aren't the anti-fun police. No. So we've got some fun for money in the bank. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're putting... Can you believe this? We're putting our show in the hands of the WWE. Yeah. After how much bitching and complaining that we have done and we're probably going to do later. And now we're going, but yeah, decide our show for us because we can't be bothered. Yeah. Actually, so, t- actually we put more effort, I think, into deciding this than we have into our previous few things. <laughs> so um, SmackDown's got two Money in the Bank matches so far. I doubt yes. they're going to do a tag team one, but you never uh, know. It'd be fucking overkill, wouldn't it? It would be. But they're doing a women's one. They're doing a heavyweight title one. Yes. Um, and basically, each participant, if they win the match, we do the show that we've attached to that participant. Yes, have, have I explained that well? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, we'll go through the women's one first. Well, we should say this will cover two shows because there's there's going to be two winners, so yeah. we're going to have two themes for future shows. And it doesn't mean that the other ones won't get done at some point, yeah. but we will be doing these before we do any of the others on the list. Yes. Okay, so uh, Becky Lynch, if she, if she wins, it'll be a show on the four horsewomen in NXT, so we're picking the best matches. Yeah, so we'll be looking at Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch and Charlotte, including their brilliant four-way in a few other matches. Um, if Charlotte Flair wins, we'll be doing the Ric Flair retirement tour. Yes, so... Does that did that start at Carlito or was that just before the retirement tour? Um, should, no, there was a, there was a Carlito match in it, I believe. Yeah, because he, he wrestled like quite a few like undercard guys building up to the big WrestleMania match that we all remember. Yeah, so we'll be going from the McMahon promo where he says that uh, you've got to win rest of your matches. Yeah, and we're going all the way up to I'm sorry, I love you. Yes. Um, if Natalia wins, we'll be doing the Heart Foundation tag run. So yes. not the Hart Foundation from 97. It's the classic Hart Foundation. Yeah. Anvil and Bret Hart. Bret with, Hart when with, he used to With Jimmy sport. Hart. Yeah, with Jimmy Hart managing Bret Hart in his oval sunglasses before he got the cool ones. Um, if Tamina wins. <laughs> uh, classic Samoans. Yeah, we'll be doing classic Samoans minus the killer. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about Jimmy Stucker on that show. Um, uh, uh, who allegedly killed someone. Yeah. I mean, no, Jimmy Stucker's dead now. But is, is, is he? Is he dead? Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, he's dead now. So we can we can slander him. It's fine. Yeah, he's a murderer. <laughs> um, and then we were struggling for a show on Carmella, and then you researched that she debuted in some angle which was setting up her. You know why I remember it? No. Right. So I'll quickly go through it for those who don't remember. Carmella debuted in a segment with Enzo and Cass as Enzo was premier- preparing for a hair versus hair match against Sylvester Lafort at NXT Takeover. Fatal four way. Fatal four way. So as part of that, they wanted to test out some hair removal gel because Sylvester thought's a hairy guy and it'll take forever to shave him. So they tested it on her dog, which is why I remember it because it involved a dog. Okay. And the dog ended up completely bald. So as repayment to her, because she was very upset because not only was her dog now bald, she'd got fired from her job. They got her a job in NXT, which is how she debuted. Okay, so we'll be doing hair versus hair matches. Hair versus hair. Which include, but not limited to, Edge versus Kurt Angle. Yep. Jeff Jarrett versus X Pac. Yeah, we might throw one or two WCW ones in there. Yeah, there's a yeah. Billy Kimmer one in there. Yeah, Billy Kimmer uh, the Psychosis. Yeah, uh, Molly Holly versus Victoria from WrestleMania 20. Yep, I'm sure there's more. All the Lucha de Pestas, but they don't call it that in <laughs> WWE. Yay. Um, so that's the women. Yes. Uh, Lana may be added. 
Yeah, did we think of something? If no, we didn't, added? but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Because I didn't want to ruin a good fucking Soviet gimmicks. There must be some of that on uh, network. Uh, no, we were doing best of Vladimir Kozlov. I think you'll find. <laughs> well, we get a bit of Vladimir Kozlov in there, but we get some. No, we'll be doing uh, the Vladimir Kozlov show. Are we doing about <laughs> full show on Vladimir Kozlov? I'm not confident that Lana's not going to win, but we can <laughs> say that. <laughs> That's going to come with a fucking bite, you that, isn't it? I don't give a fuck because I want to. I'll gladly watch Vladimir Kozlov. I'm calling a full Soviet episode. We'll discuss it off the air. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the men. Uh, Nakamura. So we'll be doing WWE guys in New Japan. Going back all the way to Andre the Giant against Anoki and Hulk Hogan versus Anoki. So we do we'll Sweet Tea? Yeah, we'll get some classic stuff in there and we'll get some modern stuff as well with Finn Balor versus Tanahashi maybe and a few other big ones. You could in theory do Balor versus Nakamura. Yeah. Styles versus Nakamura. Styles versus Nakamura would be a good one to do. That was free on New Japan World last week, by the way. Go watch it. Um, Dolph Ziggler. So if Dolph Ziggler wins... Um, the show ends. No. Uh <laughs> Is this apart? I, I kind of want him to win because of the show we get to do, which is Career Mode Spirit Squad. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, dear! Yeah, so we get to see DX kick the fuck out of cheerleaders, which are quite <laughs> send like. them back to OVW. Yeah, uh, AJ Styles, worst of indie wrestlers to WWE. Basically, because AJ Styles has been very successful so far in WWE, yeah. I thought, well, let's pick ones that haven't been. So think kind of like Braden Walker. So I know he technically was TNA, which maybe you don't class as indie, but like we think of guys that have got kind of a notable name before WWE and they come in and have a shit WWE career. That kind of guy. Uh, Cabana. Yeah, Cabana's a good one. <laughs> Scotty Gold, yeah. poor guy. Um, Kevin, If Kevin Owens wins, we're doing career mode Bret Hart in WCW because of Canada, Canada Canadian, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if Sami Zayn wins, <laughs> we'll be doing career mode Vader in WWE because they're both ginger. And if um, Baron Corbin wins, we're doing a rewind on Road Wild 1997 because of motorbikes <laughs> and that. Yeah, he, he, like, he looks like a motorbiker in that, so we're doing one of the Sturgis shows. Yeah. 98 was uh, Hogan and Jay Leno. Uh, Hogan and Rodman versus... I can't remember why I picked Deeping 97. Leno. I think it's because it's like 20 oh, years. No. Yeah, 97. Which one's that one? I can't remember which one, 97. I'm thinking 98, I think. When they I picked 97 because it's like 20 years. Yes. Yeah. Night so seven's probably a good one yeah. too. I mean, all of them were pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, like even when WCW was at its peak, the, those shows were pretty bad. So just a quick one. We probably will preview um, Money in the Bank at some point, but who do you think is going to win the two Money in the Bank matches, just as of now? Um, I could see AJ Styles winning the men's. Okay. I could see that being a good way to give, get him the title run back. It's going to be a more Kevin Owens, I feel. Because Kevin Owens is kind of fucking built for that, isn't he? Like to carry around that briefcase and... Get his fucking sneaky win. Again. I think Corbin, Baron Corbin. Uh, I think I think they'll put it on Corbin. Yeah. Can you imagine him? Kevin Owens don't need it, does he? He's already been no. Universal Champ. He's, he's United States Champ. Well. They could just slot him in at any point. Oh yeah, because Na- he attacked Nakamura as well. Then it can be carrying on that Nakamura is reaching for it, and Baron Corbin comes in. And, uh, yeah. What about the women? Fun. For the women's, I'm a bit less sure. I feel like it should be Charlotte, but then she can pretty much get a title shot whenever because they're like, well, you're Ric Flair's daughter and you've you've all titled about 50 I'm times saying Carmella. I'm saying Carmella and James Ellsworth does something. Like maybe James Ellsworth yeah. just runs up if and grabs not, it and gives it to her. I'd say, and this is me being fucking thing, I didn't think at first she'd do it, but if it's not going to be Charlotte, then I think it'll be Natalia. Yeah? Yeah, because, you know, she's always been a bit down on the look and she's they're trying with her again. So if... Her. 
two of your picks, Kevin Owens and Natalia Wynn, we're doing a very Hart, Bret Hart heavy couple of weeks. Mate, this would be the, the Royal Bret Hart podcast if it were up to me, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, and on that note, we'll go for a break. Yep. Welcome back. Welcome back. It was a good break, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. We had a little chat about Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And we'll talk about Extreme Rules. Yeah. Yeah, was that, was that fun for you? It wasn't the worst show. It was all right. I enjoyed it. Yeah, there was, some, there was some good stuff. There was a bit of fucking horrible shit, which I'll have a ramble about later. Okay. But overall, it was it, it, one of the better pay-per-views they've put on this year, I think. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it went off solid. bad. Um, so we kicked off with Miz versus Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you if Dean Ambrose gets disqualified, he loses his belt yeah. match. Right, so the first thing I picked up on this match was... <clears throat> sorry. The Miz did his entrance, and then they did the video package, which was a really fucking long video package. And it makes me always feel awkward for the guy who stood in the ring. Because the Miz just fucking stood there for ages, anyway, waiting for Dean Ambrose to come out. It's like, I get that you want to start off the show hot and not with a video package, but yeah, that yeah. Was, it's a mild complaint. But I thought the match was really good, even though they were, I guess they were trying to get over the gimmick, but maybe overdoing it slightly where it's like stuff that no one's ever fucking got DQ'd for. And referee's like, did you just do that? And Ambrose's like, no, no, of course I didn't. It's like, well, I'd have to DQ you if you did. Like, Dean Ambrose going, yeah, because you do that all fucking time, wanker. Um, and it was just one of those things. And then the whole conversation at the end. Where, that fucked me off. Yeah, that that spoiled, almost spoiled what was actually a really good match. Yeah. So uh, for people that didn't see it or don't remember, Miz, uh, yeah, Maurice got put side at ring and Miz was shouting at her, like, slap me, slap me on the face. So she slapped him. And this was yeah. basically what everybody were predicting would happen. Yeah, there were some people complaining that he didn't do it straight away. At the same time, it was like, yeah, okay, I, you, you got to build to shit, aren't you? Like, he's not, like, he, yeah. he, he could have tried it, but, you know, I didn't have much problem with that one. So, anyway, so he, he, he got a, she slapped him, and um, the referee saw through it and was like, well, I see what you're doing there. You're mm. trying to get yourself disqualified, so you, you lose his belt. I'm not having that. Maurice, piss off. So, Maurice is getting ejected from ringside. He, he's watching that, her because he, he, he hates to see her go, but he loves to watch her leave. Yeah. Perv. Yeah. And, um, Dean Ambrose gets pushed into the referee. <laughs> and then they have a, a fucking long conversation. Yeah, they the, had a conversation longer than this fucking show. Well, about my it. note here says referee took 25 years to walk to the timekeeper threatening to disqualify Ambrose. Like, I'm going to DQ you. Don't DQ me. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait till I get over there. He can't fucking, like, oh, he can't, I'm on floor. He can't see me if I do my thing to ask him to ring bell. I've got to walk our way around to make sure, hello, I, I'm the referee. <laughs> And I'd like to disqualify Dean Ambrose, please. Yeah, so he gets around <laughs> He gets around the timekeeper and then the Miz sneaks up behind Ambrose, hits a skull-crushing finale. The referee then decides, actually, I'm not going to disqualify you. Well, I'm going to come in and the match is going to carry on. Which, either way, Miz is winning the match, yeah. right? But do you not think just that... I, I don't know if it's logic. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but like... 
the believability of what the referee's doing, did that take you out of it? It took me out of it. A little bit, yeah. And it's the thing that, like... So, but the reason I have a problem with him is waiting forever to get Maurice to slap him is that he still kind of wants to win the title on his own merit. He don't want his wife to do everything for him, probably. And it's just... It's like a little facet of what he is. Like, he thinks he's fucking awesome. So... Yeah, he doesn't want to instantly go, Marie, slap me. Yeah, I've got that wrestling you. It's a smart thing, but it's not necessarily what he wants to do. But then in this part, you're thinking about it in like, so as he's walking around, Miz is sat there and he can only be thinking, I've won this. I've won this. I could hit him with his move and pin him though, even though he'll get DQ'd anyway. I could just wait for him to get DQ'd or I could get him moving. He could kick out of it because people kick out of finishes all the time. Yeah, but re- fucking- regardless of, my thing though is regardless of whether he hit the move on him or not, surely the referee had already made his mind up he was going to disqualify yeah, him. Yeah, the referee came off worse in this than anyone He's else. He looks a bit stupid. Yeah, and it then, was like, they dragged it out and it, it was that thing as well where is kind of like, well, everyone expects Mr. Win by DQ, so we're going to have him beat Ambrose clean. Which then, it doesn't really... Well, you say clean, but to yeah, me that's not there, clean. There was, there was a little bit of stuff around in it, but he got pinned clean at least. Like, well, he got what, well, define what you mean by pinned clean. He, w- he was distracted yeah. by the referee and then Miz snuck up behind him and hit his move. Okay, I can see what you mean. So like, yeah, he didn't get hit it's, with it's a chair not, or something, yeah. but he, he wasn't a straight yeah. pinfall, but was it? Like, it's that thing as well where I don't know if Ambrose has much coming off this match. To like, I know he's, he, we'll talk about Raw probably briefly after this, and he's it's still him and Miz going for the title. Yeah. But it, when you get beat like this, because it was kind of his fault for being distracted and not keeping his eye on Miz just in case referee changed his mind, which he did. So, like, yeah, it just it kind of put a weird ending on what was actually a quite good match. Uh, Miz is now a seven-time Intercontinental Champion. Yep. Seven times. He's going to be the Ric Flair of the Intercontinental title. He's got a long way to go. In Jericho, like a 12-time champ or yeah, something. Yeah, but, you know, can you remember when him and Dolph Ziggler were, like, pretty much playing hot potato with it for a little bit. Not fun, weren't it? Yeah. Uh, so, next match, uh, Rich, Swan, and... Um, Sasha Banks. Yeah, for some reason I wrote Alicia Fox, which I, which I knew which I yeah. knew it wasn't her. Uh, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks defeated Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. <laughs> that's that's the, that's your little Scottishness for today because yeah. there weren't there's not enough Scottishness on the show. I was very happy to see Noam on this show because yeah, I've got Noam that. Noam, Noam Dar on pay per view is nice, is what I've got written yeah. down here. He's, he's one of our boys. Yeah, I've known him for years. He's great. Um, I've also got wrote down here the ropes aren't purple. Yeah. Well, it's because Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox, isn't it? Still, though, Cruiserweights, isn't it? They've both yeah. been on Cruiserweight show, and I reckon they are both under 205 pounds. It's rude yeah. to ask a lady's weight. I mean, so Rich Swan's a bit taller, but yeah, he's probably still under 205. Rich Swan Rich is. I'm talking okay. about the women. Rich Swan's oh, on the oh, yeah, Cruiserweight, yeah. Yeah, the women definitely are under 205. Did you, did you fall asleep for part of that? That's what I just said. I said that they've, they've all been on the Cruiserweight show. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> but the women yeah. obviously are part of the Cruiserweight division. But they're under two hundred and five pounds. Then I said it's rude to ask a lady's weight. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Rich Swan was part of the cruiserweight it's late. tournament. Weren't it's late. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I know it's not that late, but it's late. I've got here. It's a. It's good to see a non-cruiserweight title storyline being taken semi-seriously. Yeah, this this was really good. I, f- I don't know if it was my favorite match of the night, but it was up there. I really enjoyed this. Um, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks were really great together. Yeah. Yeah, like Rich Swan's fucking brilliant. Anyway. Uh, no, I love Noam Dar and Alicia Fox's dynamic as well. This match was just a lot of fun. I, I did really enjoy it. And Rich Swan didn't get beat in his hometown. Yeah. 
Which is mental, isn't it? I that's... mean, yeah, he had the help of somebody that wasn't from that town, yeah. so maybe that's why it doesn't count, but yeah. She remembered Boston and we're like, oh, I had to go some right shit. You're not doing well, that. Well, on the um, uh, Raw talk after the pay-per-view, I don't know if you bothered watching that. No. No, well, um, they, they were on it and okay. she, she said oh, he, he, he beat the hometown curse and it was um, Corey Graves and Renee on the panel and uh, one of them was talking about, oh, are you going to go out for drinks later and celebrate? And she just... Sasha Matt's dead-eyed whoever said it went you do know I'm married <laughs> and then they were both like well we weren't saying la we were just saying you're going out to celebrate like fucking hell <laughs> chill out you know just because you go out for drinks don't mean you have to shag him do you think Vince were backstage going Rich are you are you from Baltimore no no mate Boston okay <laughs> Rich is going over phew fucking got away with that one <laughs> um, Elias Sampson did a song on that yeah, getting nuclear heat. Yeah, I can't decide if it's people booing him good in a good way or if they're booing him because they're, they're just... I was impressed because his guitar playing wasn't that bad. Okay. Yeah, it was good to see like he was actually like playing the guitar and stuff, which it, it was just chords and stuff, but it was still kind of cool. But then like he's very good at singing badly. Yeah? Which definitely took some effort. Because like, you can tell that he probably can actually sing and he's having to purposely like be a bit... Sh- like make his voice gravelier to be a bit shittier or something and it gets a lot of heat like yeah he's, he's, he's not the worst is he I don't know I don't really know I what... mean he's the worst but he's not the worst he's... I don't know I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for here yeah. like you get the feeling like I don't know whether he'll ever be fucking you know drawing against the top guys but for like a mid carder guy to get a lot of like people booing him and like there's no one even cheering him ironically in the crowd like everyone... yet yeah but you got a little bit of it at the start and then that quickly went when he continued to sing and it started going on long. But it, it was just the right length for it not to be like, oh, fucking, all right, stop already. We get the idea. It yeah. was perfect length and everything. Um, I've, I've moved on to the next match, but I think we've missed the Bailey promo. There was a Bailey promo somewhere. <sighs> yeah, uh, I think it was, might have been between the Miz and yeah, the Rich Swan and Fox was, match. Because she got fucking booed. Yeah, she got booed and... Um, she said, I'm not here to hurt people. Well, you're a wrestler, love. You know, you like, know what? Like, what do you mean? I mean, you might not be here to like yeah. physically maim someone and injure them permanently, but you punch them in the face to win a belt. That's what you do. It's just, how is it? How is, how is she getting booed? I can tell you how she's getting booed, but I'm just like, I'm being a dick to start it off. Like, she is the most like genuine likable character on pretty much the entire show like just everything about her is brilliant like ever since she was an XT she's got the kids who love her guys love her girls love her everyone she's just so fucking lovable because she's a fan and you can see that genuine passion in her and everything and in a few short months they've managed to completely fuck it up and have people boo her yeah that's fucking nuts she also apologised for the um, Alexa Bliss this is your live segment yeah she also said uh, the, I have been studying Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and Steve Blackman, which I yeah. appreciate the Steve Blackman reference. Of course. It's just that, like, genuinely, I nearly quit the show at this point because I was so angry about this. Yeah? Because it's just that thing where it's like, the whole thing, like, oh, yeah, they don't know how to book Babyface and stuff. It's fucking apparent here that they struggle with someone like this. Like, it's, it seems so easy. I, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a booker or anything. But at the same time, like, she seems like the most genuinely lovable person how is she getting booed? It's because she's making a look like a fucking moron every week. 
Yeah, she could be a nice person, but she could still want to win a match. Yeah. Like, and then how this match went made it even worse. And that's how I was so angry at this match. Yeah, so like, Alexa like, Bliss like, said, why don't you go get the kendo stick? So she went, all right. Yeah. And she went to get it and got piss beaten out of her. Uh, it, I think it fell early. I don't know if it fell early, but it fell early yeah, in the match, it fell, didn't and it? they both went outside the ring and were like, oh, it's there. Drama. Go. And then it was just... And then she got piss beaten out of her. It made me, like... I haven't been this angry at WWE in a little while because yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't cared enough to be this angry, but it just seems like everything about this is a missed opportunity for them and they're just completely fucking it up. And it's not like when, you know, like Nakamura with the piss poor match he had with Dolph Ziggler or anything, because that you kind of half expect, but everything is on the plate with Bailey in terms of being this fucking huge baby face. There's no woman, no baby face female on the raw brand right now who should even be able to touch her. Like, she should be female John Cena, like, going, like, moving T-shirts and everything and being the top person. But instead, they're making her out to be a fucking moron every week on TV. And it's only taken a few short months before the crowd's gone, you know what, I'm sick of her, because she's a fucking idiot. But WWE have got this idea in their head that, oh, well, you know, it worked for Daniel Bryan. But yeah, it's worked fucking well for Sami Zayn. He were over as fuck when he first came to WWE, and you had moments with him, like when he finally beat Kevin Owens in their finale match which wasn't their finale match. And it's the same bullshit over and over again. It's just so infuriating to see it. And you know that their idea is, well, it worked for Daniel Bryan. Like, she's not Daniel Bryan because she never made Daniel Bryan out to be a complete fucking moron. He still had that hope to his character, which Bailey doesn't have right now. And Sami Zayn doesn't have on SmackDown either. You've been about to be complete arseholes. Yeah, I think, like, the diff- the main difference between the way Daniel Bryan was booked and Bailey is that Daniel Bryan... However poorly you could say he was being booked character-wise, in the ring he was kicking the piss out of people, yeah. diving out through ropes. It's because they weren't booking him to be a moron. They were yeah. just booking him to lose. Yeah, whereas like she's kind of being told, right, you're afraid of using the kendo stick. And it's like, she probably should have, this should have been the moment where she became hardcore. Yeah. In the, not in the sense that she's going to be next I mean, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, you didn't even have to when, ever win the match. Like, you no. could have done it in a way where she did all the hardcore stuff, but then Alexa Bliss just well, cheated away through it. Well, she said she'd be studying Tommy Dreamer, right? So, you would you even bother just blatantly stealing an angle and just having Alexa Bliss smack her? And then she's like, yeah, give me another one. I'll take it again. And she gets cracked again. Yeah, give me another one. And she just keeps getting up and keeps getting up until eventually either referee just fucking stops it because he's like, this is fucking mental. Like, You're dying. Yeah. Or... Uh, maybe one of her four awesome mates throats toweling or like she just can't get up anymore and she just gets pinned. It It's absolutely fucking mind-boggling how bad this it, this was, this whole thing, because it wasn't like she had many big moments in the match. She had a few bits and then Alexa Bliss beat piss out of her. Yeah. And it was just like, you think back to like how she won the NXT title and how amazing that was when she beat Sasha Banks. Yeah, but this is what I was getting on about before with the NXT thing is that they, they have all that build from, yeah. from from them being like green as grass well, to, it's, to, it's to, to that like, mo- crowning moment. They have that build and then they come onto the main roster and WWE expects everyone to be like, well, you know who Bailey is? And it's like, well, I do because I've sat through all shitty NXTs and then NXT takeovers and all that stuff. So I know who she is, and I know how, why the reasons to get get behind her. Yeah. But bloody little Johnny, that's four years old, that's only just started watching wrestling, is like, well, she's shit because she's not picking up that kendo stick. This other woman, she's picked kendo stick, but she's beat beat the fuck out of her. I'm well, gonna like her more. The whole Bailey story. That's what 
they, they should be looking at NXT going, I know we've already done this story, but a lot of people didn't see it, where she's getting close to stuff, but never really hitting it because, you know, she doesn't have the killer instinct or whatever. Not that she's not good enough and she's a fucking moron. It's more of, it's that little bit extra. And then she finally got it in that match with Sasha Banks and she was a killer and she didn't hold the title long, but that build was perfect because she was never a fucking moron in the build up to it. She was, she was the underdog at all times. She was never this bad. Yeah. And it's just, it's absolutely frustrating. It's really like the reason why I was half, half about this show, like everything else in this show was pretty good. This was so fucking bad. And it's, it's just really infuriating. And it kind of like upholds every stereotype that is in my head that I try and get rid of of WB when I'm, I try and be positive about wrestling, but this was just so, so fucking shit. All right, so what did you think to next match then? Because I've heard and read several different opinions on this. So it was Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Hardy Boys uh, cage match. And it w- the rules were you are both members of the yeah. team had to escape the cage. And it ended um, with, well, Jeff Hardy escaped first. Matt got double teamed. And then Jeff came back in. And Cesaro and Sheamus escaped, but Matt Hardy got out of the cage before Jeff did. So technically, Matt and Jeff had escaped, but Jeff was back in the ring. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. At first, I was a bit funny about the like whole thing. Well, oh, so he's back in play now because he's got back in the cage thing. But at the same time, I didn't mind. I thought this was a really good match. And it was a really good way to not damage the Hardys in any way or form and have them lose the titles. Yeah. Like the whole story of the match was like the Hardys kind of got the better of him when it was two on two, but then Jeff come get, he gets out of the cage like kind of accidentally. And then it ended up where Matt's just getting beat down because these two guys are fucking monsters. So Jeff has to come back in and save his brother, but kind of sacrifices himself to do so. So then it leaves Matt by himself. It leaves Matt trying to drag Jeff out while those two climb the cage. I thought it was a really well done story. I, I, I really, I quite enjoyed this. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, it's just, I'm a bit bored of Hardy Boys now. Like, and, I, and I'm not a massive fan of Cesaro and Sheamus. So it weren't really a, like, a good match for me. I don't I, get why they still had their showy entrance. Which, who? So, like, they have that bit where Cesaro comes out doing the Bond stuff oh, and yeah. Sheamus's bit. But it's like, if the bad guys now, they should just both come out together because, like, they're not separate anymore. So you don't need two separate entrance bits for them to join together. You should just have them together now. As yeah, much as I, I quite I mean, like... I quite like I, I like the Seamus part of the entrance. I've always liked Seamus's entrance. So. Both, well, both of them wearing kilts annoys me. Yeah. Yeah, because neither of them are Scottish. Yeah. I feel like it's Graham. Quite, it's a Gaelic thing, isn't it? I feel like Graham at the minute. I don't know. You're, you're in his seat. Maybe yeah. he left a part of him behind. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> um, this is wet. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so like, the, the whole thing about what I read was the whole... Um, Jeff Hardy getting out of the cage and then coming back in yeah, and that people were annoyed about it. I mean, it was a bit annoying, but I understand the idea. I just think the rules were explained clearly enough, but I think if they'd explained the rules clearly, then it would have been obvious what was going to happen. I just, I'm not a fan of the whole um, making rules up, different rules up for matches. Yeah. If it's a cage match, let's have a set of rules for a cage match and then we know what we're getting. Yeah. Whereas now you've got this oh this tag team cage match, right? So what what well you both have to escape. Right? Well what if one escapes and comes back in? Oh, oh well what happens? Oh well yeah, I'm asking you that. It's like, like it's one of those things where you'd assume that when one person leaves, then their class is out of the cage. So even if they were to get back involved in it, they'd still 
they still got out the cage. They've still escaped the cage. But I understand the logic in how they did it. Yeah. So I don't have a huge problem with it. I, I didn't think much of it at the time. I was just like, yeah, it's happened. It was a bit weird, but you got used to it. They then changed the ropes. Yes, they did. Uh, the ropes got, are now purple. That, we got that really annoying advert that they always play with... Uh, the, beer, the beer star, that, the charity one. Yeah, it annoys me, that advert. I quite like the music on that. Whoa, 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 right. whoa. It reminds me of, like, crappy kids animated films. Like, the crappy ones have that type of song. It's almost as bad as that Come With Me Now song that's on every fucking advert now again. I don't know which one uh, it's, like, it's on another advert at the moment. The one that we had Graham sing before, one of the pay-per-views, which used that song. Yeah? Yeah, it's... that. Certain songs bug me. Uh, so Rose Purple, uh, Neville versus Austin Aries, submission match for the Cruiserweight title. These two have been having great matches like the entire time. Um, Neville's... Uh, the WrestleMania match, I thought Austin Aries outshined Neville a little bit, but here it was the other way around where in the submission match, it was actually Neville who came out a bit better this match. Yeah. Like, not including the finish. Like, I'm just mean in general, like Neville looked the biggest star here. Um... Um, yes. I I I enjoyed this one this match this up, up to this point it was match of the night for me yeah it was really good yeah um I, I thought that they had the right amount of flippy shit yeah with the right amount of technical ground shit so it weren't a constant flip fest because I don't like that yeah um I really liked the finish really yeah, liked that, it that was really good where it it was a clean win almost for Neville but at the same time like. It kind of absolved Austin Aries just that little bit, but at the same time, he's lost how many times now to Neville. So yeah, I, I mean, I've not seen two hundred five live because I mean, who watches that shit? But um, I don't know what they're doing on it. I know the oh, set, so, on Raw the setup of TJP. Yeah, so Neville attacked TJP after a match, and they did the title match. Neville retained. Okay, so yeah. we well, see if they've done the title match with TJP, then I can't see that unless he won it by a nefarious means. I'm not uh, too sure. I can't. I, I haven't watched it yet. Either. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I was ba- I was having the battle of the Chromecast still trying to watch Super Strong Style still. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where, where, where they go from there because I, I, I quite like that they've integrated some Cruiserweight stuff into yeah. proper show. It seems like we're starting to get to a point now with the Cruiserweight stuff where some of it is actually really good and it's if they can just get people to kind of forgive the past transgressions of 205 Live and say... Come on, seriously, start watching now. There's some good stuff on this show. Yeah, I think Neville's really rescued that division. Yeah. Really rescued it. He's helped put a focus on how good some of the other people are in it too. Yeah, and but the thing is, I'd be really hesitant to take that belt off of him. Really, yeah. really, really hesitant. I mean, yeah, if they were going to put it on Aries, I could see that. But there's nobody else on that roster at minute where I'd be like, yeah, put it on them. Rich Swan redemption story. Maybe, but at the same time, I'd be like, ne- Neville's rescued this. And he's he still got legs on being a heel, being king of the cruiserweights. Have some way where you've got Neville dropping it to like some underdog baby face and then Drew Gulak beats them with no fly zone gimmick. Yeah, but he's got that gimmick. <laughs> but how many of them are doing flippy moves? It's not it's yeah. not it's not like it's fucking Lucha Fest, is it, in that on like two oh five? No, it's not really. I could see Kira Tazawa being built up for it, but Yeah, it's... but at the minute he's not, is he? Yeah. Like you've got to have something that that people react to I reckon and yeah. they don't have that at a minute so I'd say just keep it on Neville forever until, yeah. until the final King of the Cruiserweights one. yeah because you can't be King of Cruiserweights if you're not champion King Barrett was King without being champion no he won King of the Ring yeah so that that's fine it's King Booker and that even he won King, King of the Ring, Ring. yeah, yeah. You, you can only be a King if you won King of the Ring unless you're the King of Memphis or the King of the Cruiserweights 
Oh, the King of the Cruiserweights, yeah. But he's the champ, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, then Match of the Night happened. <laughs> yeah, this was fucking brilliant. So they gave it, uh, with entrances, 45 minutes. Yeah, that was mental in a way. It was like, yeah. So that was um, the Fatal Five Way uh, Extreme Rules match, which was Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt. Did you love at the beginning how it was like playing WWE 2K17 or whatever the latest one is, and no one had pressed start on Roman Reigns? What do you mean? Well, he just kind of stood there while everyone else fought. Oh, I thought you meant the entrances <laughs> where, where they were coming down and the people were just dropping out of the ring and not really reacting to each other. Because I thought, I think Bray Wyatt was in the ring and then maybe Seth Rollins came yeah. down and then Bray Wyatt just got up and walked out just so Seth Rollins could pose on that corner he was sat in. Oh, but yeah, no, not time for me to put the maggot projections on the <laughs> ring yet. But yeah, yeah, I did think that was pretty cool where they everybody they paired off and then Roman Reigns just stood and walked into the middle of the ring and just stood there. They might start might have started getting Roman Reigns right here. Yeah? Yeah, like having him kind of just being like, I don't need to do long promos. I know he occasionally does. And just have him be a beast and that. But they got him right. They had yeah. him right. Oh, yeah. They in, got, in, they in the got Shield, right, yeah. in the Shield, he was right. Because he did exactly that. Yeah. He, he'd, right at the end, say, believe in the Shield. And then he'd do, like, minimal stuff in the ring. And he was perfectly fine. And everybody fucking loved him. And then they got him very, very wrong. So if they just reverted back to what they were doing, I'm all for that. Yeah. And how long is it before it's like, it's the half-half thing where people are saying, no, you've got to stop booing him. Forgive all that shit. Like, he's fucking good now. How long before we're at that stage with him? Do you think by WrestleMania next year, we'll be at that stage where it's like, Roman Reigns fucking brilliant. Like, stop giving him shit. Uh, no, I think there's always going to be people that boo him. Because... I mean, he's not John Cena, but he, he's all right. Yeah, but I think people are always going to boo him because... They've got that thing where they're like, oh, I want... Because there's a lot of fans, which I don't know if I said this when we went to the house show, but there was a, there was a fan, a few fans near us that were dual chanting with themselves. <sighs> Let's go Sammy, Sammy sucks, was a chant. Oh, you, you told me about this, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying every fan's like this, but I think a lot of fans like it. Having that bit of a, almost like banter with each other, even though it's not because it's with <laughs> themselves. With themselves. Yeah. But yeah, like I can see it being like the John Cena situation with him at some point where he actually does get really good. If they continue, as long as they've not got him doing fucking long, stupid promos and trying to be a fucking goof or whatever, and they've just got him like being, it's my yard. Yeah. Come at me, bro. Not so much that part. I mean, but. that's like Roman's in the fucking room, to be honest <laughs> with you. Just like kind of unfeeling and just being like, yeah, I'm Roman Reigns. I'm, I'm badass. Come at me. Like that type of thing. Like, it's fucking great. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Because it's like what, We'll get on to the person who has that kind of thing going for them now on Raw, which was a fucking amazing segment. We'll talk about that in a second. So Samoa Joe Wyatt teamed up. Yeah. Um, and just destroyed everyone, which I quite liked. Yep. And then they were, they were teasing, going for pins. <laughs> and then they were like, no, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're friends. And then eventually it yeah, breaks down because it's every man for himself. Yeah. But yeah, this was just... They kind of, they just said to them like, yeah, we, we just want you to go out there and just do shit and have a good match. Like, cool. Yeah. And it, it was really great like how everyone got to shine in a way in this match. I don't think anyone came across like as the guy who was obviously taking the pinfall or anything like that. It was just everyone kind of battering each other. Yeah. So they, they did that spot that I hate where somebody gets speared through the uh, timekeeper section. Yeah. Um, but I didn't mind it too much because it was a bit of a surprise because mm. uh, I think it was Joe and Balor, weren't it? He, he had he had him in the choke. Mm. 
and uh, and then all of a sudden Roman Reigns just plows through him. So I, I didn't mind that. Yeah, to be honest, that was pretty good. Let's just get to the finish. Well, hang on a minute. I yeah, want to get to Seth Seth Rollins as a gammy knee, but then he still just flips. Yeah. What's all that about? Because just, you know, just sell your knee or don't sell it or, and don't have a gammy knee. Or why is he still fucking injured with his knee? <laughs> So this whole thing, like, it's kind of good that he did the, I've turned my biggest weakness into my biggest threat. Like, yeah, that's really good. Apart from it's still a fucking weakness the rest of the time. And then you, you forget that it's a weakness. Oh, I'm, so, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting back to my Bailey mode again. Let's move on from Seth So the finish was um, Balor did the coup de grace. Yep. Um, As boy Balor's going to do it. On Roman Reigns, was it? I think he did on Roman Reigns. Yeah. I'm sure he did. And then it was one, two, then Samojo pulled him off the pin and put a choke on him and uh, he got choked out. And Samojo versus Brock Lesnar is your main event at WWE. Great balls of fire. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to happen, but it was a great finish. Balor didn't do the kind of disgusting thing he used to do in NXT when he got choked out, which was spit, like just before he (laughs) went out. So he had drool. It weren't drool. It were like full on globs of fucking spit hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do that, thankfully. It looked really great, and it made it. I think this is the best thing to happen to Joe. Like, it wasn't just a thing where it wasn't a Jinder Mahal victory in that six pack. This was like he looked like a killer the entire time, and it's really put him up map. And then he had the segment on Raw, which I really want to talk about. We will in a minute. Yes. I just want to. Um, so, Samoa Joe wins a match. So Finn Balor. Let's have a bit of a chat about Finn Balor. Okay. Um, couple of weeks back on Raw, Heyman cuts a promo and he's tell, saying, Finn Balor, you are the one that Brock Lesnar fears the most or whatever he says. You, you, you're you the one that's going to win this fucking match. Proper put him over. Now, I know that they might think, well, we don't need to be too obvious who's going to win. But what do you think the purpose of that promo was? Because everything they do should, I say should because it probably doesn't, but should have some meaning for the future. Do you agree with that? I feel like it's more that Finn Balor will go against Brock Lesnar at some point, but the whole idea now is that he wasn't quite ready for it here. As much as like Paul Heyman put him over and everything, but then that's in the back of everyone's mind that, well, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar do respect him and they do think he's a great competitor, but maybe he's not quite ready for that big match yet. Okay. He's not, after his injury, he's still not to 100%. Uh, so I wasn't, yeah, I feel like it's something where it'll be used in the future because he's going to have that match because they've got to get through everyone before he finally faces Roman Reigns again. So, yeah, so, so on Raw, they did angles. Yeah. They had angles on Raw, which yeah, is mental, isn't it? The built to stuff. So, um, like, Miz had a bloody celebratory segment yeah. which had little bloody, um, like, red earrings in it and shit. Yeah. So, like, um, I'm watching this with a girlfriend and uh, I pointed to the bear in the ring straight away I went that's Dean Ambrose <laughs> right Miz beats the fuck out of him I'm going told you it's fucking Dean Ambrose mm-hmm. pulls their head off it's not Dean Ambrose can I point out that somebody in this room Dan did wear a bear costume in a wrestling ring first that's all I'm saying <laughs> right and can I point out the person that bought it wasn't me the outfit that is didn't buy the outfit however what he, the person that did buy it he bought the bear outfit at a separate time to where he bought the bear head and he didn't match, but yeah, he bought he bought it. Uh, he bought the bear costume separately from the bear head, so that that's that's the funny bit, I think. Um, and then so 
Dean Ambrose isn't in the bear costume. Somebody else is in it. But I am a bit confused about that because Maurice is like, I didn't book the bear. And then Miz is like, well, I didn't book the bear. So then he beat the piss out of it. I don't know who booked the bear. Maybe Dean Ambrose, just to troll him a bit. Yeah. Then um, somebody wheels out a present, a big present, big box. And if you listen to Jim Cornette, if you come out of a box, you're instantly over. Hence Chainsaw Charlie. Um, so I'm then I pointed to the box, turned to the girlfriend, Dean Ambrose is in that box, 100%. He weren't were in that bear costume, that were a trick, he's in that fucking box. He got worked. Right? <laughs> Miz plows into that box, elbow drops that box, beats the fuck out of it, while Maurice is screaming at him, like, what, what the fuck are you doing? And it, for some reason she bought him a grandfather clock, I don't understand the reference, if there is one, I don't know, but yeah. Maybe it's just something big to be in the box, I guess. Uh, so that was something she'd arranged that um, he trashed. And then she storms off. She looks mighty fine when she's storming off. Um, you hate to see her leave, yeah. you like to see her walk away. That's... Yeah. Um, and then there's a cameraman at Ring, and I point to the cameraman at Dean Ambrose. <laughs> she don't believe me at yeah, this point. Yeah, by this point, it's like, yeah. you've got it wrong twice already. Yeah, stop, she don't believe me at this point. I'm like, it's fucking Dean Ambrose, that. I mean, eventually, a broken clock's right twice a day. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, Dean Ambrose pretended to be a cameraman and kicked the fuck out of Miz. Did he do a better job of the guy who tried to pretend to be a cameraman at WrestleMania 25? Well, he didn't have to catch anybody, Classic Samoan. He? <laughs> he didn't have to catch anybody, did he? But, like, they, they actually did something on Raw like that weren't just a match. It weren't, oh, let's have Miz and someone against Dean and someone in a tag team match player. It were a little, little, little segment, little angle. It put Miz over by, like, Miz's, like, being a braggadocious character. Dean Ambrose outsmarted him. The baby face outsmarted the heel. Yep. Yeah. Which doesn't happen a lot anymore. Yeah. The baby face. Out we don't like Dean Ambrose. He stinks of piss. Yeah. But baby face and heel. The baby face outsmarted the heel. And I liked that. Yeah. Bailey wasn't on the show, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. Bailey wasn't on the show because she was recuperating from her little welts. Fuck's sake. They get so much right on the show and still they do that fucking thing. <laughs> Balor weren't on show, but they don't fucking go, yeah, he's recuperating, he's got a bit of a sore throat. Like, yeah. fucking hell. Um, so then, what was the other angle? Oh, the um, Enzo More and Big Cass yeah. angle. So, I have a little issue with this. So, en uh, Big Cass and Enzo are doing a promo backstage, and Big Cass says, Enzo, I want to watch you back at all times, I'll watch you back at all times. Then he walks off. And then Enzo's like, chatting up Charlie Caruso. Uh, is. Yeah, well, why wouldn't he? She she she's smoking. I, I We've got very, like, I know I started it, but like we've no, got, like, but I've episode. I've been like as far away as I am from you now. I've been that far away from Charlie Caruso at WWE UK, and she's just as pretty in person as she's on TV. And your girlfriend was sitting next to you while that she go for a piss. Okay, so it's fine because you're allowed to look at window, aren't you, or something? You're allowed to look at menu. You're not necessarily going to order from it. Yeah, that's what you said earlier. Off air. Um. <laughs> and to follow up, just to just to think, I said, and I wasn't hungry. <laughs> okay yeah um doesn't make any sense no so um we they, they did that promo and he walked off mm. and then Enzo's like oh he's look, looking out for me and all that shit then later on big Cass is found backstage beaten up where was enzo because if big Cass was always going to be watching enzo then surely they were within a certain distance of each other that he could have gone Enzo, I'm getting beaten up, mate. Can you come and help Enzo me? Enzo might have been busy, like, hanging outside women's locker room or something. Maybe. So, um, who do you think beat him up? 
I think I don't think anyone beat Cass up. I think. It, Do you think Cass staged it because yeah. he, he's the one that's been beating Enzo up? Yeah. Because later on, though, it seems like that's obvious. So obviously they're going to change it now. Well, later yeah. on, you could. I can't remember which backstage segment it was, but the revival were mm. in the background again. Yeah. Now that's is that obviously a red herring? Yeah. Obvious? Is it? Is it obvious? Well, it's because didn't they say for like the second time Enzo got attacked, they weren't in the building. I don't know. It was something like that where they were there for the first time because they were in the background, but the second time Kurt Angle confirmed that they were out of the building or something. Okay, well, they were definitely in the background yeah. in a different segment later on in the show. So, we, are, are we saying it's Big Cass? I think it is. Because they tried, he tried to throw it on Big Show, didn't he, later yeah. on? Saying, oh, maybe it was you, Big Show. Because because yeah. just said, like, I'm seven foot, I don't sneak around. Yeah. <laughs> so, fucking do, you, do you think it's a good idea to split them up? No, but it's, it's not the best idea they've had. It's not the worst idea. Thing is, I think if you're going to turn Big Cass heel, why don't you just have Enzo as his manager? Yeah. Why don't you have Enzo, like, talk shit to wrestlers and then Big Cass step in front of him and be like, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. And then, in, in a similar way, not that he is Paul Heyman, but we'll get onto it later, Paul Heyman talks shit and then, yeah, Brock Lesnar weren't there, but, like, essentially somebody comes in and is like, well, I'm going to kick fuck out of you. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Rather than splitting them up. Because I don't really know what you do with Enzo. Because you can't put him on cruiserweight division. Because as we established on this show, he weighs 206 pounds. <laughs> it's so he can be the, uh, you know, the comedy job guy. Yeah. Jimmy Santino, isn't it? Yeah. So Kurt Angle, uh, they followed up on that angle. Yep. I say followed up, he just interrupted Corey Graves mid-show. Be like, look at this text, mate, on my phone. <laughs> and then Corey Graves is like, oh yeah, it's bad that, isn't it? And then Kurt Angle left. Earlier in the show, we'd kicked Dean Ambrose out. As Kurt Angle left, Dean Ambrose stuck back in. I, I, like, I liked <laughs> yeah. that because it's like a running thread through the show. Like Dean Ambrose had left because Kurt Angle told him to. As Kurt Angle leaves, Dean Ambrose comes in. And it's like, well, it, you know, I mean, Kurt Angle probably would have seen him. Yeah. But I quite uh, no, like... Kurt Angle can barely turn his head anymore. So Yeah, good point. He has had several, several neck yeah. fusion surgeries. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so there was that angle on it. I quite yeah. liked that they're doing this mystery thing with Kurt Angle. I, I really hope it's not Stephanie, but... It's going to be. It probably is, isn't it? I get to hate things again. <laughs> and I'm sure... Was there another angle on the show? No. No? Are we just finishing now? No. It's fucking Joe and Heyman. <laughs> right, I'm in with that. It was fucking brilliant. One of the... Like, as good as I thought the Balor-Heyman segment was, this was fucking amazing. And the best part about it was after so Heyman does the thing kind of saying like you know we said Balor was the best case scenario um you're the worst case scenario yeah and we've got to kind of rejig things now and stuff and then Joe like backed him into the corner without a microphone and then told him like what he was going to do to him and then did it yeah and then the best like the most badass thing that I've seen on WWE in so long even better than when Roman Reigns stood in the ring for 10 minutes getting booed and then just said it's my yard now I'm fucked off even better than that was the crowd chanting we want Brock and him getting on the mic going so do I and fucking leaving yeah that was amazing one of the best fucking things they've done in like the best like angle that wasn't a comedy segment for me in so long like yeah um I really liked this. I really want to see Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe. Yeah. Really want to see it. Here's something that I've got in the back of my mind. Next week, when Brock's there, because later on in the show, Heyman's on the phone to Brock, and he says, you need to come to next week. Does Samoa Joe back off? 
you get the feeling that if he does, it's going to damage him quite a lot because they need to keep this going and have him as... Because everyone thinks... Everyone's got it in their head. Brock Lesnar's not losing in 21 soon. Yeah. Everyone thinks Brock's going to lose it to Roman Reigns. So you've got to do the job. You've got to have him like be in peril, which is difficult for Brock Lesnar. But with a guy like Joe, you can pull it off. But it's whether Brock fancies, you know, sell him for anyone who's not his mate. Yeah. that that's <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I just... I don't have an issue with it kind of being a suplex city match. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that because that's a Brock Lesnar match. That's what he does, whatever. And I really like both wrestlers. And so I'm not that bothered if he kind of jobs him out a little bit. Yeah. But in the build up, I at least want Samoa Joe to be strong because if Samoa Joe goes face to face with Brock Lesnar and then just backs away, he's like, I'm not having any of this. And it's like, well, you're not a badass, are you? If he outsmarts him and walks away then that's okay I think but if he just backs off like a pussy then that's yeah. the problem like if Brock Lesnar gets into the ring and then Smojo gets out yeah. that's what I'll have an issue with because it, I've it, got a feeling he'll choke him out at some point in the build up he's got to he, he's got to it feels like he's got to I think he should because then it shows Brock Lesnar's got some kind of weakness yeah. and he can be beat well, and then you don't have to be beaten he don't a, like getting punched great balls of fire <laughs> by the way uh, someone actually tweeted Sasha Banks and said do you think the Great Balls of Fire logo looks like a butt, looks like a dick and balls? It does. And she said, yes. Yeah, it looks like a cock and balls. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Talking of cock and balls, uh, there's one angle we've uh, missed out. Um, not on purpose, I just remembered it. Gold Dust and his little segments. Yeah, classic Gold Dust. Yeah. Um, this has got to be the farewell run, hasn't it? I would imagine so, because they're, they're doing like all Hollywood shit again, aren't they? Yeah, but this is... New gener- this is like New Generation Classic Gold. Dust, yeah, he's got his classic face paint. What I like that he's done as well, I don't know if anybody else has picked up on this, right? When I, when I were, a few years ago, I got a bit fat and I grew a beard. I've kept the beard because I quite like it. I grew a beard to hide my double chin. He doesn't have that um, luxury. Hmm. What he's done is he's painted his double chin black. <laughs> so essentially, you, his, his actual face is gold. It's and like then it looks old, like shadow. I, I don't know whether this might be a bit before your time, but did you ever used to watch The Smell of Reason Mortimer? No. There was a skit on there where they'd have like these really like terrible like products they were selling. And one of them was this instant slimming kit. And what it was was a big piece of black board and a black marker pen. And you'd stand in front of the black board and then colour in the bits that you wanted to get rid of. So it made you look like a slim man because you'd coloured yourself in black oh, yeah. parts. It was one of those silly Reason Mortimer skits. And that's what Goldust has done. <laughs> Yeah, I quite I quite like that. Right, let's yeah. move on. Let's move on. What we yeah. talking about next? So we'll quickly just mention what happened on SmackDown as well. And it feels weird to end the show on this because it was to settle the Money in the Bank Women's Money in the Bank match. We got announced. Lana wanted to be involved in the match, and Shane Man didn't go for her suggestion. But then set up a six women tag. That um, sorry, I'm trying to read the results. So Lana, uh, Lana swept Naomi's legs out in the apron, allowed Tamina to get the super kick pinfall win. So Tamina got a win over the champion. So you feel like this is going to be one of those things where they might have one or two people pick little victories up over the champion. So then it creates things like, oh, well, they might do it because they've got a win over Naomi and stuff. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles got his win over Dolph Ziggler. All's right with the world. Another amazing Fashion Files segment with the New Day involved, which go and watch this on YouTube. It was fucking amazing. Like the Fashion Files is like one of the best things on WWE TV. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, they officially announced on TV John Cena's back on May on July 4th. 
And then Jinder Mahal defeated Mojo Raleigh to get that win back because that was important. <laughs> we we mentioned that. Yeah. We said this is the guy who lost to Mojo Raleigh a few months ago. They've righted that wrong. Don't hinder Jinder. Oh, well, well, now they've done that, I can fully get behind this yeah. Jinder push. And since uh, Nakamura once again defeated Kevin Owens. Yeah. Apart from this time, afterwards, Baron Corbin came out and oh, laid out Nakamura with Fucking End of Days. Fucking love Baron Corbin. Yeah, he, he, he's giving the... Do you think that the reason some people aren't that high on Jeremy Corbyn, this was recorded before the election results came out, is because of like they've seen Baron Corbyn and think he's a bit of a dick? No, I think it's because the right wing scum. Um, <laughs> and on that note, um, I've been Daryl, you've been Dan. Yeah, oh, we've got to do all those plugs. Oh, I was going to end it like that. Okay. Yeah, we, we need to do them. That's it for this week's Royal Grumble. Please go and like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Follow us on Twitter at Royal Grumble Pod. Find us on iTunes if you haven't already. And while there, give us a quick rate and review and visit us at royalgrumble.wheelie.com for articles and everything in one place. Yes, you couldn't be more about it doing that, could you? No. <laughs> yeah, go on there. There'll be a new Japan show on the same day this comes out as well and Dominion will be on. And then we'll be back next week with Graham again, hopefully. His suspension will be over, but he might do an Eva Marie. We don't know. What, is he going to get tits out? Well, she ain't got tits out yet, has she? Oh, I don't know. Let's Google it. I'm all right. (laughs) That is a weird way to end the show. Hopefully Graham's back next week to help steer the ship, even though... No, here's the thing, right? We've done all right without Graham. Yeah, we we put it out there. We we do all right. right. There's, there's not the third one. Like he, he tends to rein me in. Yeah. Right. So I. But quite... you're, you're on better behaviour when he isn't here. Yeah, because I feel there's more responsibility. Yeah, you are on much better behaviour when it's not the both of you. Yeah. So <laughs> he doesn't have to. So if he's not here, like. But I'm not no... having you end it. I'm not having you end this by saying, no. "Oh, let's hope he's back next week to steer the ship." We've done all right. Let's pat yeah. ourselves on the back. No, no, we, we've let's done do a, fine. Let's do a Barry Horowitz and pat ourselves on the back, or let's get naked and pat each other on the back. No, it's fine. Oh, all right. I need some DP on my back though if you wanna. I'm alright mate, see you later. See you later.